welcome to what is very sadly the last Vaccaro, Brandon, Marianne Lee episode of the Fantasy Football Podcast for the season. <clears throat> uh, man, it comes and goes so quickly. With me as always, the great and powerful Christopher L. Vaccaro. Larry. We'll say Christopher Larry. <laughs> the Actually, Larry. That works for me. <laughs> How you doing, Nando, Brandon? Last episode of this long journey, and uh, we're here. So let's uh, put a bow on the uh, the season. And also, the lovely and wonderful, the comeback kid, Brandon Marianne Lee, completing her first year back in fantasy football. Yay! Yay! Happy New Year! It's 2022. <laughs> it's like you were never gone, right? It's like riding a bicycle, Brandon. Right. Totally. Just like riding a bike. It was fun. Um, you know, got t- uh, two two little championships out of eleven, so that's not too too shabby. Um, nice. this last weekend, and uh, yeah, you know, doing it all with my my new babe. Uh, so it's been good. It's been a good year, and I hope everyone else had a good year too. I mean, if you're listening, you probably didn't have too bad a year. So welcome back. Right. This is your celebration as well as ours, listeners. That's right. This is a party. We're getting a little drunk. Uh, although not really. It's 11 a.m. when we're recording this. Alcoholic non Which isn't that bad. I mean, all right, yeah, you know. And uh, and we're going to pick a 2022 first round and a couple extra picks there just to see what goes around the bend. Um, but before we do that, just a quick uh, <clears throat> quick shout out to the NFFC champions. Chris Vaccaro did not win. We were all rooting for him. I, I was, Thanks, man. I texted him absurd stuff just to keep the luck going every that week. That was absurd. Um Absurd stuff. You know, it's usually yeah. you acknowledge one, and I think it's your fault for not acknowledging at least one of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, you were you were sending meaningless texts throughout the day on Sunday, and I didn't even realize what you're doing. I was like, does he actually think I'm going to respond to these? I would look down at my phone because I had other people texting me about certain things going on with the games, and you're like texting me like, oh, you know, like you know, heating up chicken parm. I love chicken parm. You know, like just <laughs> stuff that, that has uh, nothing no. to. I'm like in the middle of football. <laughs> he knows what I have going on right now, trying to win this overall title in the NFFC that I, as you mentioned, Nando, I failed miserably and came up short uh, on. But I didn't say that. You still finished 10th out of like thousands. Ninth. Don't, right? don't, sh- don't, yeah. don't jip me. Single digits. Yeah, finished ninth overall. Ironically enough, I finished ninth overall this year in the 12-team primetime championship, and, the, and I finished ninth overall in the 14-team NFFC classic overall. So nines were wild this year. So, yeah, two top 10 finishes in the two big um, overall tournaments that the high stakes offers. Uh, I'll take it. It was a solid year for me. Um, and it was a very, um, it, it was a good one and, and you know, made some money. But, uh, you know, our boy, uh, Billy Wazowski, I want to give a shout out to him. He comes home with the uh, online championship, two hundred thousand uh, overall prize. He wins it with a two hundred and fifty-two point week, uh, seventeen score. So shout out to our boy, our good friend Billy Waz. He deserves it. Great guy, great friend. Um, so you know, congratulations to him. And uh, you know, a lot of our listeners uh, had great seasons. Also, Joey Brown won the regular season silver bullet. Um. Joey Brown's the man. Yeah, Joey Brown. Great job by him. Uh, he's a loyal listener. And, um, you know, just shout out to all the winners out there, all our listeners. That also a friend. Home Can't you call him a friend? Of course. Of course. I just said it's it. kind of demeaning to be like, he's just a listener. No. Well, he's our friend. I'm, I'm, I didn't. All right, Nando. Why do you, you got to do this? <laughs> said friend. Because you lied about the text that I sent you. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Dante Foreman having a game. Yeah. <laughs> 
I won for the first time in a league that I've been in for 13 years. Nice. In fact, I've been fourth place so many times. Now, of course, this league is all men. Uh, They're all (laughs) jerks. And I love them. They named the fourth place position the Brandon, and you supposedly get a Manny Petty. Now, I've never actually received one, but supposedly <laughs> someone has. It is like the biggest smack talking league ever. I finally won it after 13 years. So, it, you know, it's like what I love about this particular show that I think is like fun is that we got. High stakes, Chris going on, and I, I listen. I want to. I want an, an industry league too. The Battle of the Sexes league. I I beat the the male dynasty madman as well, and 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 so you know I do those too. But like every once in a while, you get a pride one, and there's just no feeling like pride, you know, where you're like, finally, it was the first league I ever played in. And it was um, how I found out about fantasy football. I will never forget my first draft pick was Michael Thomas, his rookie season with the Saints. Mm. And my last pick was Kurt Warner when he was not yet the starter of the Arizona Cardinals. And he went on to be a stud. And everyone was like, you you don't be- draft backup quarterbacks. And I was like, listen, I don't know anything about fantasy football, but I know something about regular football. And Kurt Warner is going to be a stud. And he was. And now there's a movie about him. Player. Now there's a movie about him. So who are you talking to now? But anyway, so it's fun. You get to also get to win money, get to talk smack. It's like, this is why we like fantasy football. And that's why we're doing this show about next year because we're already talking about it because we know it's happening and we're obsessed. So thanks, listeners. I just wanted to give you guys all a big old like heart that like, you know, it's also about emotions. <laughs> At least it is for me. Nice. Uh, so yeah. So, so by the way, uh, getting into this draft for 2022, uh, NFFC did a cool thing. I think it was NFFC. Maybe it was Vlad Sedler, I think, sent a screenshot out that had the top 10 in the main event and where they picked. And I noticed that four and five popped up. I think five out of the 10 people picked either four or five. Mm-hmm. So when we get to that point in the draft, let's play special attention to it. It seems like that produces winners. Just for you. Yeah. Yeah. The four or five. Well, yeah, just for well, me. That's where you took, like, uh, well, no, Jonathan Taylor wasn't going quite that high yet, right? Nah, nah, the truth of the matter is Devontae Adams was right there in that 4-5 spot, and he was on a lot of the winning teams, a lot of the overall winning teams. So that's mostly based on Devontae Adams. And, um, you know, Jonathan Taylor, like you said, Brandon, as great as he was, he he wasn't going in the top five. I mean, in the New York Super, I took him sixth overall. uh, but uh, he, and I had a good season there. I came up a little short, uh, but that was as high as he was going. It was sixth overall, middle of the first round. But he never was cracking the top five overall. Yeah, I think also there was a Derrick Henry. Yeah, four or five. And you, if you got you got to bank a lot of wins at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. and then pivot. So mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. in NFC are really good at pivoting, right? So they're 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 watching the news. They're not just chilling. Yeah. Right. And so if you were able to bank all those wins off of Derrick Henry at the beginning, you kind of got a head start. So that might be it. Yeah. I mean, looking back on this past week, which another crazy week in the NFL, but it, you know, what Jamar chased every year, I feel like there's two things that happen. Number one, there's a blow up by one player or two players in championship week that just carries all teams in the overall to the championship. Jamar Chase, obviously 55 or six fantasy points with Burrow as the quarterback. I know that's how Billy Waz won his title and got to a point total of like 252. Uh, ironically enough, um, 
Tom Libretti, who won the $200,000 primetime overall championship, he also won the NFFC Silver Bullet. He pulled the double-double, which is like an all-time crazy year. It's only the second time someone's won two overall titles. He Who was did the first? Um, Jeff Kelly, actually. All these guys. Oh, I thought are, it was you. I thought you were. Didn't you do it? Winning two national champion, two overall tournaments in in one year. No. Yeah. When did you get in the Hall of Fame <clears throat> for winning two big titles at the same time? No, I I, I won the prime time, and the following year I won the regular season prime time. Um, oh, maybe that's but, maybe. That's, sorry. Thanks for sorry to confuse everybody. No, I, I, listen, that thank you, but um, it's called friendship. Yes, thank you. Uh, no, but what he did, I'm what he did was incredible because he had the number one overall team in both tournaments going into the final week, and he did it without Jamar Chase. He won the final week without Jamar Chase. So that was really incredible. I thought that you had to have Jamar Chase this final week to win an overall championship, but he won both titles. Uh, and put up huge numbers back-to-back weeks. So shout-out to him if he's listening. I know he's a New York guy. I talk to him every year. Uh, but he had the all-time year. He probably collected about $300,000. Uh, so shout-out to him. He became legendary in one day. How'd Glenn Lowy do? I don't know. I don't I uh, Someone argued that he was always legendary. It was just I mean, revealed. your was obsession it. with Glenn Lowy is crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like Glenn. He's a nice guy. May I do my weekly Derek Henry check-in? I just want to say we're at the end of the the standard fantasy season. Some of you are still playing. I'm, I'm sorry. But uh, as of after the week 17 games, Derek Henry finished in half-point PPR number 14 among running backs, sixth in total rushing yards, sixth tied for sixth in total rushing touchdowns. That's incredible. Wouldn't it be great if he came back this final week to get inside the top 12? You know, for the regular season, as a you know, and, and for rushing, that would be unbelievable. The man got hurt in week eight. Yeah. That is over. That is half the season gone. In half the season, he is still a number one running back in fourteen team leagues. Period. End stop. And by the way, I had him on my IR, and I get I got questions in the mailbag all the time. Should I keep him on my IR? I, I kept him. Mm-hmm. Did he show up? No. I have zero regrets because had he shown up. I needed him. And and in my opinion, just having him there and at the beginning of the season put me in such a good position. I I just, it's very intriguing how we're going to all be talking about this next year. But it is incredible. End of season, number 14, half point PPR. Yeah, and that was was a real shame this year for the people that had Derek Henry, um, you know, what could have been. He was just putting together, like... You know, I look back now on this season, these last couple of days, and, you know, as a big Cooper Cup owner and a big Jonathan Taylor owner, it was a fun season owning these guys. You know, the, every year, if you if you latch on to that really great season, it makes fantasy so much more fun for us. Right, Brandon? You know, you know, so owning Cooper sure. Cup every Sunday, watching him drop 25 points or just going off Jonathan Taylor, same thing. That's what you Derrick Henry owners were feeling for the first six, seven weeks of the season. Um, and, and just to see him go down was was really a big disappointment because he was going on a pace that was going to actually dwarf Cup and Jonathan Taylor. You know, he was having that type of uh, season. So, you know, that was definitely a black eye, uh, you know, this year. Can we get to next year? Let's sure. Do it. Let's turn the calendar. Yeah. 
All I was saying was that if you picked up Dante Foreman when Derrick Henry went down, I mean, you still got a pretty... He might have screwed you in the semifinal week with his 17-yard performance, <laughs> but you got 300-yard games out of him. You did get, like, three touchdowns. You got a lot of points out of him. If you if you add that to Henry's out, no, he was a solid pickup. Maybe you have like a, maybe you have like a top six. He was a solid pickup, and uh, Rashad Penny was like the the you know the championship league winning uh, pickup these last bunch of weeks. Um, I won a home league based on Rashad Penny, so I just. Oh, do you want to name everybody in that league too? Uh, I don't actually. Actually, you know who right. it is? It's our friend Ian. <laughs> that's not a home league. No, that you can't count that yeah, as a home league. It definitely league. isn't a home league. Now that you know the high stakes <laughs> that are involved in that, but I took home that title. By the way, I didn't. I don't think I told you that, but uh, Rashad Penny you did. was. You on, actually oh, did. Okay. Well, Rashad Penny was on that team, and uh, I think Rashad Penny set himself up nicely to be a, a pretty high draft pick next year as well. Let me ask you this. Did you pick up Rashad Penny after like that frustrating? I think it was like week yeah. nine he came back and then like immediately there's a hamstring strain. Yes. And I think everyone just dropped him in frustration. I think we've, we've talked about this on the show uh, weeks ago, probably one of the weeks that you took off uh, again. Uh, but he I, was, I'm officially – well, I'm officially off. Please. Yes, sure. And um, yeah. uh, I picked him up everywhere like midseason like you said. And then, yeah, I totally redropped him again a couple weeks later. When that injury happened and then he like missed another game and I was like, that's it. I'm done. And, you know, I kicked myself looking back, dropping him then. But at the time, it was the right move. It was you had to throw the towel in on him. But in this one particular league, actually two, because I picked him up two different uh, leagues. Um, I picked him up right before the playoffs started because of um, they they put Carson on IR. He was going to be done. And Alex Collins was banged up. I said that. Let's give it one more shot. I picked him up right before the playoffs started. And, you know, looking at the the last two weeks first, the Bears and the Lions, I said, he's got a shot here. Sure enough, he came through and uh, he put up some big numbers. So it worked out. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you get lucky, Nando. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, and sometimes it's skill. Let's do this draft. Uh, it was before the show, before we started recording, uh, Derek Van Riper gave Brandon Marion Lee the number one pick. And then Chris, of course, complained about it. But Brandon, you still get the number one pick. <laughs> so, 2022 NFL Draft, as of right now, uh, January 5th, 2022. Brandon, Mary, and Lee, go. You're on the clock. Okay. Well, um, I'm just going to say Jonathan Taylor and uh, assume we don't have to do a whole lot of analysis about that. Congrats to everyone who <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> yeah, Brandon. I mean, whatever. Brandon, uh, I don't think anybody going into next year when they sit down next summer uh, is going to be uh, – this isn't going to really be too debatable. Um, it's going to be Taylor. The only other person I can make an argument for here is Derek Henry, who I'm sure we'll be talking about real soon on this draft board here. But uh, Jonathan Taylor will be the consensus number one overall pick going into 2022 next year. By the way, let's make this PPR and yes. six point. I, we're not going to, it's not going to make a difference in the first round, but I just like to imagine. No, full time, no, full, full PPR. That's how we're doing this. Yeah. Six points per passing touchdown. Yes. Although no quarterback is going to even sniff the first round. So we don't have to care about that's that. What I, yeah, that's what I said. No. Oh, how much, uh, how many points for two point conversion? Brandon, you're on the clock with the second pick. <laughs> no, actually, Chris, you're on the clock with. This. You already messed up the order. How did I mess up the order? 
Well, Brandon gets the first. No, pick we're doing it. With, we're pick. doing it. Each person's number one pick, number two pick, number three pick. We're not going back and forth. This isn't a. That's that's not. The, so you want to do two versions of the first round? Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Both you. <laughs> I guess both you. Pick. I don't, I'm not going to argue because Chris is going to pout. So. Hey, by the way, did we okay. tell you that Chris filed his final column on Christmas Eve? Dedication to my readers. Made me, yeah, made me edit it. I'm out with my family having a good time. You were doing nothing. Stop. Um, yeah, it's cool. That's having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so true. All right, anyways, um, Brandon, go Okay, ahead. so I think my second pick. My loyal listener, Chris Vaccaro. <laughs> yeah, he, he loves you. Uh, it, it's tough for me. Uh, I, I, I think I'm going to go Derrick Henry here because even if they take down his product, the um, the volume, okay, let's say they take it down to half. Again, if he played the full season, which would be 16 games instead of eight, he would be the 14th highest running back, period. And I don't think they're going to go down to half. So I do think that it'll go down a little bit, but still the productivity where it was at, it was unsustainable for the whole season as we saw. But even taking it down, I think he's a stud. So I think I'm going to go Derrick Henry number two. I have um, a little bit of a, uh, hmm. a Najee Harris oh, wow. hitting well, at the back of my the head teaser. here a little there's bit. There's the teaser, I guess, for uh, who you have three. But uh, for me, uh-huh. I have it locked in. JT number one, Derrick Henry number two. Uh, and, and I don't see myself moving off that top two um, at all. Uh, so there you go. That's my top two, and uh, we'll head to number three overall. Which Brandon, go ahead. You uh, gave our little teaser there. Yeah, I want to see who they have at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but I believe that no matter what, he is such a, a a a keystone part of that offense. Like he has to be in the air, on the ground, everything. And if we're doing full point PPR, he becomes a very, very viable option. Uh, every single week, he was top in snap count. I do not see that going away. And yet, the usage was not such that would like uh, burn him out. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I really think that he's going to have an Austin Eckler type of uh, vibe moving forward. Nice. Okay, uh, my number three overall pick next year. I will switch off from the running back position, and here's where we'll see our number one wide receiver. He was the number one wide receiver this year, and I will have him ranked number three overall next year. Cooper Cup. Uh, he outscored. The second wide receiver by, what, 50-plus points? He had an all-time season, I think, this year. Uh, this week, he'll probably break most records. Uh, he's putting up an incredible year. Stafford will be back. Um, I guess the only caveat is Robert Woods. If he's still going to be – if he's going to come back healthy, Beckham, like, you know, what's going to happen with the rest of this offense? Who's going to be there? Who's going to be gone? But I don't think that's really going to matter. Cooper Cup is still going to be an absolute beast. Even if he lost 50 points from his total this year, he would be uh, the number one overall wide receiver. So Cooper Cup, third overall for me. That's interesting, you being a Devontae Adams guy. Might hear his name soon. All right. But Devontae uh, Adams may not be a Packer, may not have Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot of question marks with him, whereas Cooper Cup there isn't, other than not only is there Robert Woods, but now Odo Beckham, mm-hmm. Van Jefferson. They're just a lot of mouths to feed. I still love Cooper Cup, do not get me wrong. I'm probably going to wait a few rounds and get Hunter Renfro, but I, I hear you. Hunter Renfro, man, 
Hunter freaking Renfro. Yeah. I just want to put him out Hunter there. Renfro is uh, the, the new Wes Welker of like the, the you know. That's a better comp. You know, yes. he's, that's like when Brady had Welker back in the day and, and even Julian Edelman. Like, you know, that's how you can look at Renfro nowadays. Yep. Yeah, it's just the usage is out of mm-hmm. control, which is what I was thinking with the Cooper Cup thing. Is like the usage is just so uh, over the top. Um, okay, so I just in terms of construction would probably still leave my wide receivers toward the end. Um, but so number four, I I would go with Austin Eckler. I think that's again legit moving forward. And if we're in full point PPR, I just think his upside is tremendous. Okay, so Brandon through four has four running backs as the top four picks off the board. So she's sticking old school and staying with the running back position. I'm going right back to the wide receiver position. And this is with the caveat that Rogers comes back and Adams obviously resigns. And I think the top four overall picks will be locked in with JT, Henry, Cup, and Adams. I think you'll have two running backs, two receivers if things stay the same. Here's the here's what the other side of this is. I don't expect Rodgers to be back, honestly. I think he's I think he rides off into the sunset. I think the Packers win the Super Bowl this year. He said, oh, yeah, really? Yeah, the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl. Um and he's going to ride off into the sunset and say thank you, but you know, give them the finger for what they did. Drafting Jordan Love, and he's going to win his back-to-back MVPs. He's going to win his Super Bowl, and then he's going to go and be the quarterback of who knows. But he won't be in New York Giants. If that's the – no, probably not. I'm not that lucky. But uh, I know we got to move on. But I will say this. If that is the case and Rodgers isn't there, I wouldn't even think about drafting Devontae Adams next year. But – this is with, based on what we have in front of us. Right now, Adams number four overall. Did you ever think maybe Adams made Rodgers good? No. Yeah, I think so. That would be a take. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, don't even get me started. <laughs> don't, even get me, don't even get me started. No. Don't take me down this It's so this easy to rile up. He's, hey, this, uh, is, <laughs> this is about where I would take the Cooper Cup, uh, Devontae Adams dive. Although, depending on the offseason, the other person that I would have in that tier is is my guy, Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's that's some legit wide receiver one unreal territory. So it depends on what happens. I don't think anyone's going to – unless something happens to Matthew Stafford, you know, of course, and, and I don't see any – uh, reason to say that, but just saying like that would be the only way that I would not have Cooper Cup there because of that connection. But I believe that Justin Jefferson doesn't even need a connection. He's just so good. And I don't care who's the quarterback, unlike the other two players. I do actually kind of care. Uh, so is that your pick, Justin yeah, Jefferson? That, uh, at number five? Uh, no, no, I think five would be right. Cup, but I, I think my six, either. I'm going to say my six is is Justin Jefferson. Okay, wow. So you're so going to have Jefferson and- over. Just say Rodgers is back. You're, you're going to take Jefferson over Adams, Brandon, or? I don't see a world where I, I'm, I'm assuming in my life that Aaron Rodgers is not there or mm-hmm. Adams. Okay. 
I just think they both leave. Yeah. I, I, who, who knows? I don't think Adams stays without Rogers. I think he's even said that, right? I think they could franchise we'll tag see. him. So I'd have to look on what the yeah, what the story true. is. But um, I know Adams is going to want to get the hell out of there without Rogers. Yeah, I mean, There's seriously. no way. Yeah. So maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just saying that, like, in my mind in 2022, Aaron Rodgers is no longer a Green Bay yeah. Um, I'll just jump in real quick because we Brandon already picked him, but at five overall after the two receivers, um, I'll have Austin Eckler slotted in there. So uh, offensive line is improving. You got the young stud rookie, uh, stud rookie, stud uh, quarterback and Herbert there. The you know um, PPR machine catch a hundred balls. You know, it's just the the same old question with Austin Eckler every year. It just seems to be nicked up, hamstring issue here. Um here and there but uh you know he'll be a top six overall pick next year is the eckler uh harris decision made for you by the quarterback yes 100 percent. Right. and offensive line are they that, and are offensive that line no for me i i would definitely have eckler over harris um what if rogers goes to the steelers he won't I'm just saying, what if he does? Uh, different story, then. They'll, they'll love him there. <clears throat> just go from one well, he definitely will. Aaron Rodgers is smart. He's not going to look and say, okay, I'm going to go spend my last couple seasons here behind a weak offensive line with not that many options in the pass game. You know, it's, they have Deontay and Claypool, but that's not enough for him. I could totally see him pulling a Peyton Man and going out to Denver. I think uh, either Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson is going to be the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos next year. They're gonna. The two of them are smart veterans, trying to get as many Super Bowls as possible at the end of their career. They're gonna look and see. Okay, we got a bunch of good receivers, some good tight ends, a big time running back. Um, you know, they, and they're gonna go out west. Absolutely. I mean, and I think that that <laughs> it feels like we're trying to uh, say, okay, well, what if this stays? But it's like, it's not going to stay. Those two players are definitely going to go, in my opinion, Wilson and Rogers. So it's it's hard for me to do it. Um, in terms of Eckler versus Najee, I, I just feel like, you know, Austin Eckler turns 27 next year, not a huge deal. Uh, but it is like kind of the time where I start getting a little bit dicier. I think he's great. Again, I had him right behind him, but I guess I just give, I feel like they're very similar players moving forward and I would just give, just put that in there. Najee, the, a little bit of a nod for age uh, and usage, you know, in terms of like wear and tear. Um, I I gave my sixth pick. Did you give your six? Because my six was Justin Jefferson. Right, so uh, wait, Vaquero's number six. I, I gave my five, which was Eckler. So yeah, Brandon, I guess went back to back there. So we're good. Yeah, um, I did. Here, here's where it gets a little dicey, guys. I, I my top five would be pretty much locked in, and then I think next year, this is when the draft is going to get a little, you know, uh, interesting. Because you could go with a lot of different names here. Uh, a lot of people are going to be down on Christian McCaffrey. A lot of people are going to be down on Christian McCaffrey. They're going to throw the towel in. I do not think that if I, come training camp, he's 100% healthy, that I'm going to be able to shy away from a Christian McCaffrey in the middle of the first round. And that's where I have him right now is number six overall. Some people might raise their eyebrows because I see a lot of hate on Twitter through this past month about that's it. McCaffrey's no longer a first rounder, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, when, when a lot of people go and give up and throw the towel in and, and walk the other way, that's when you can create value. And um, mid, middle of the first round, Christian McCaffrey, give me him, number six overall. I think people would love that. Uh, if, they're, if they're picking six and McCaffrey's still there, I think a lot of people would still love that. I... 
I know. I think there's I do. a lot of people that wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I. Where do you put Dalvin Cook? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> his his. What if the Saints have a real quarterback? Where's Alvin Kamara? Would you not? Would you ra- not rather have those two sure. guys over Christian McCaffrey? Absolutely. I think there's a debate there, right? And so, like for me, those would probably be my two ahead of Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Yeah, I mean, because when he played, he was still a stud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he was still getting 25 fantasy points a game. I, you know, so I don't think you can go much lower than that. But I think people are going to start debating. Some people are going to think that Joe Mixon should be up there. I think some people are going to think that Javante Williams should start creeping up, which I think is, you know, uh, fair, you know, in terms of like foresight. Obviously, he wasn't going to get there this year, which we all told you the whole time Melvin Gordon wasn't going away. But if Melvin Gordon does go away, clearly all the other stats back that up. So I get it. But I don't know how you move him any farther down than that other than spite. No, I mean, and and you mentioned the other name right there that I have back to back right there, middle of the first, six and seven, five. I think, honestly, five, six and seven for me after the big four that I have kind of locked in in my brain. I think five, six, seven will be any combination of CMC, Cook, and Eckler. That's my five, six, seven. You could put them any which way you want. Preference, you know, people are going to be down on both. CMC missed time with injury. Cook was banged up, missed time with injury, came back, got hurt again, got COVID. But people just get frustrated with certain players and then they. Drop them a couple pegs down. I have another running back that I'm going to bring up uh, that's coming off the board for me. Um, but Brandon, back to you. Uh, after those three right there in the middle of the first, who would, who who do you, who do you have? Yeah, so I think that basically our big difference here is that you still haven't ranked Najee Harris, correct? Right? Whereas I have him like up in the top three. Right. So um, yeah, I I think that this is this is where we start getting into. The do we keep Tyreek Hill and you know Debo Samuel in the mix? Oh wow! Because Debo, where does he become? Well, uh, is he the end of the? Is he toward the end here of this first round? Yeah, well, cliffhanger. Don't give it away now, cliffhanger. Let's see if either one of us have. Well, them in because the first in the middle round. here, I would agree with you. We got this: Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. I think are the next ones, and the only reason they're even down there is because of injury quarterback uncertainty, um, kind of issues outside of their control. But but awesome upside will always be 20-point dudes, you know, possible six-touchdown guys, you know, kind of caliber players. So to me, that would be my, like, six, seven, eight. Okay. What like you, okay, so you got Jefferson? Oh, that's seven, eight, nine, I guess. Just so I'm, I'm keeping track of this for You've posterity. lost control, Nando, let's be honest. I haven't lost control, seven, eight, nine. I was <laughs> I think it was Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry. Nashi I got that Harris, Eckler, Cup, Jefferson. Eckler, Cup, and then you had your seven, eight, nine Jefferson. kind of in a vague order. Um, yeah. So then I would do um, Cup, Jefferson, right? And then I would do probably in that order: Cook, Kamara, McCaffrey. Oh, you have Kamara in there. I didn't hear Kamara, but um, I did. Everyone listening to fine. You know what? Kamara is going to be an – yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to keep track as well, I guess, Nando. <laughs> Kamara is going to be an interesting for one, uh, one for me. You know, Vaccaro's writing these down on legal paper right 100%, now. 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to bring up a name that I don't think maybe either of you expect to hear in the first round, but uh, he's going to be slap dab in the middle of the first round for me. I know I'm obsessed with the guy, but uh, – 
I don't expect Kareem Hunt to uh, be back in Cleveland next year. And if that's the case and this backfield opens up, Nick Chubb will be firmly uh, in the middle of the first round for me. And uh, I'll probably be the high man on him. Uh, I have Nick Chubb at eight going into next year with the assumption that Kareem Hunt will be out of there. Hey, I'll give you a shout out Medica for all the guys who finished really high. That's my uh, oversight, and uh, you're you're right on that. And, uh, I was talking overall winners, I guess, uh, at the time. And uh, my boy, Matty Modica, finishing fourth and fifth overall in the prime time. Uh, unbelievable, Hot. unbelievable season by him. Great player, even better, good, even better guy. So uh, good, uh, good. I think oversight. we've all hung out together. Haven't we all hung out together? Well, me and Matt hang out. We don't invite you anymore. Um, but we, uh, we I wouldn't show. I mean, yeah, okay. Matter of fact, we had our steak dinner, uh, me and Matt, uh, you know, last month. I hope you didn't. And we I were just like, didn't. let's keep it between us and let Nando, you know, not show up. Yeah, you know, you're making it sound like a joke because he hasn't he hasn't come out of his house in two years because he's scared. That's not true mm-hmm. at all. Okay. Anyway, uh, I know. I'm actually pretty sure. Me, you, Brandon, Medica. Like Corey, like back in the golden age, all we're hanging out drinking. Probably the GST. Oh, remember when we could leave our home? (laughs) (laughs) Remember when we used to see people? (laughs) Oh, man, it's wild. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Nick Chubb is being very, very overlooked here. I completely agree with you. And I I think that we're going to be talking about how he is a value play uh, all all off season because people are going to get very high on the Javante Williams, Elijah Mitchell. There's going to be, you know, all this talk. I think another person that's going to get overlooked, who I think uh, again has a lot of room to continue uh, with a lot of dominance next year is DeAndre Swift, and I, I'd like to throw him in there as well as someone to just. I don't. I don't know if he quite makes this top first round for me. I'm kind of looking at my stuff here, Loaded but uh, to me, he is another. Really good end of first round, depending on the size of your league guy, that I would feel very uh, confident in, in building my team. Yeah, I mean, I, just we're at the eighth pick here of the first round, Brandon, and what a what a first round it's going to be next year again. Uh, you know, we haven't. There's a bunch of names that I'm still have on my list here that has not. Um, you know, it just it's loaded, and and you got to expect the top twenty four off the board again the first two rounds is going to look like this past year because i remember going and speaking to guys and being like hey the second round is almost as good as the first round here and it's you know fantasy is going to be two rounds deep again next year with studs and the drafts are going to start around that third round range but you're going to get stud players throughout the first 24 over and over again here yeah and i i also think you know i know we're we're doing this whole first round here but i'm already as i said like i threw out one of the people that i'm already excited for down the board is like hunter renfro when can i get him when can i get him on ross st brown Mm. when can i get some of these like guys that really kind of like came came up started really performing and are just upside plays we haven't even talked about the guy who won everyone in the championship was which is jamar chase i think he has to be at the end of the first round uh well let's go right there and that's right where i have jamar chase is right here in this 9 10 range uh as the third receiver off the board next year right there with justin jefferson and that's where i would slot back in these two wide receivers brandon Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, the third and fourth uh, wide receivers off the board for next year. 
both, like you said, at the end of the first round. They'll make it right there on the turn, but I expect these two names to be really popular in that 9 to 13 overall range uh, when drafts start up. So you're taking Jamar Chase and Jefferson over... Let me just make sure I got this right. Yeah. No, you got Devontae Adams. No, I'm just making sure I got this Devontae right. Adams. Debo Samuel. Fourth overall. You got Debo Samuel. Uh, you take him over Joe Mixon. You take them over uh, Michael Carter, your guy. Oh, come on. Tyreek Hill. This I know. Is, no, Tyreek Hill. Yes. Tyreek uh, Hill, uh, right. Hill uh, will not be a Ezekiel first Elliott? rounder for me. Uh, now you're just throwing names out. Zeke Elliott won't even be in the top two rounds. On the, Matt Medica. Great guy. Won't be drafted. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <I'll be> drafted. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess we're bouncing all over the place here at the end of the first round, and you threw out Joe Mixon, and Joe Mixon does crack my top 12 first round. He's right there. Um, I have him 11th overall. So two bangles make the first round of next year's draft for me, Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. And, uh, you know, Najee Harris is the other name. So my <laughs> – yeah, I know. Okay. I know we're going. Hey, Brandon, thanks for no, participating. No, I'm just saying because you throw out names, and I gotta. I can't say I'm <laughs> overlooking them, but uh, you know, Brandon, what would your sum it up? I guess nine through twelve. Uh, is that where we're at? What would your back? Oh, we got nine. Person? Her nine is McCaffrey. Okay, so ten through twelve is. What do you got, Brandon? Yeah, I kind of. I mean, I'm just going to be uh, honest with you. I, I kind of have a little smattering here, um, and I, I kind of wrote down what I think is a but I don't I don't feel great about it uh, but I actually think if I'm going through 12 it would be uh, to me Nick Chubb DeAndre Swift and then I have Jamar Chase okay uh, and That's... I don't have DeAndre or Devonte Adams in my top well oh well based on not Rogers being there obviously correct um so, so again, that's my assumption mm-hmm. on this. So that would be me without having him in there. Right. Um, I just think that Swift's potential is just um, massive. So, but to me, Jamar Chase is the number three wide receiver of yeah, season. no complaint. And I don't even think that's like a really like big hot take or anything. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I don't know, think I mean, you have to get him there. I don't think it's a hot take at all. I mean, I have him right there with Jefferson, three and four. It's just it's so funny how you know. We, we were in love with him coming into his rookie season. I, you know, watching him at LSU a couple of years ago, I said, we'll be drafting this guy in the first round after his rookie season for the next 10 years to come. And here we are, you know, not to not to blow my own horn here, but here we are going into the second year and he's going to be a first rounder where he belongs. So he proved out to be exactly what we all thought he would. Um, he is an absolute stud. He's going to be well on his way to a Hall of Fame career, this kid, and uh, get used to his name because we'll be talking about Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow throwing to him for the next 10 years, the same way we talk about Rodgers and Devontae Adams here. Jamar Chase will be locked into the first round, as long as he stays healthy, obviously, from here on out going forward. He'll be a top three overall wide receiver. Does and I like- think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say. I think that probably the big strategy question going into next season is that neither of us had a tight end in the first. Oh no. Or discussed. No, I, I, so, but remember that was the that was the strategy of the right. year, and I think what's important uh, to kind of point out here 
is that it's not necessarily that anyone bombed, really. Actually, the, the people we thought would be good were good for the most part, um, but they weren't better than the people at other positions that you could have taken. So it's kind of an overall points thing. Now, if you have bonuses for tight ends, okay, or if you have circumstances that are different with your league settings, then that is that is one thing. But even with bonuses with tight ends, it was really going in and out. And truly, the stud of the year was Mark Andrews uh, in terms of where you could draft him and the value that you got back. So it really kind of, I know this sounds bad, but I kind of just wait for other people's takes on tight ends and pick the fourth one. <laughs> whoever they think is I have a lot of Mark Andrews in my life right now because no one was as high on him as they were about the big three so I was like then I'm gonna sweep him up so uh you know and and is Darren Waller still in the big three or he will be big three now Kittle Kelsey uh, I think people would be very right? sour uh on Kelsey going into next season uh he'll be 34 years old Kelsey was very I I still don't know how to judge and view Kelsey based on this past season. I mean, remember, he had the game um, versus uh, the Chargers in, what, the first week of the fantasy playoffs where he had 40-something points, and he just destroyed it. And then it was everybody was back on the Kelsey train. Everybody was back. This is why you take, you know, Kelsey in the first round. I don't hear anybody talking. But then there was, like, the month earlier where every game was just slow. He had another slow game this past week. Um you know, he'll, like I said, he'll have another year under his belt. He'll have probably another long playoff run this year. So an extra two, three, four games where he has to play and get beat up a little bit. I'll be completely off the Travis Kelsey bandwagon again going into next season. I don't think you'll see Travis Kelsey in the top 24 next year. I think he'll be third round and after. I would definitely be more into... The younger tight ends, um, you know, the the Wallers as, you know, coming back into the season next year, healthy. Uh, Kyle Pitts in his second season. George Kittle's younger. Those three tight ends I'd rather have going. And Mark Andrews, I got to throw his name in there. Mark Andrews won everybody all the money this year. He was on everybody's championship winning teams. He had a major three weeks um, in the fantasy playoffs. So, those guys, and uh, I got to throw in T.J. Hawkinson. Hawkinson, he was having a solid season, got beat up. He, he missed time with injury, but Hawkinson as a young stud tight end. He'll be there too. So the tight end position will look very similar to what it was this year. And I would say that, that Detroit kind of came into their own a little bit here. You know, and and they really kind of found even even though that they're mostly mostly losses, people. Don't get me wrong; I'm not <laughs> losing my mind here. But they found like a very interesting, uh, almost like a, a even like a wavering identity when like Swift was healthy, Swift wasn't healthy. Amon Ross St. Brown came forward. Hawkinson had big games. There's a possibility that they can sort some things out. I agree with you on him. Kyle Pitts is a really interesting one because even though he went over a thousand yards, which was amazing, it was the only tight end to do it since the '60s, which was. So good on you. Uh, and that's without the extra game um, talk here, you know, because none of, no one did it with the 17 game seasons before. So that's awesome. But he was kind of the only tight end who didn't get hurt. And he was 14th in average points per game at the tight end position. So it's not like you got a lot of great games. You were getting like eight points a game on average. 
in half point PPR leagues. Uh, in full point, I think you got around 10, but you never really, you got like two big games and everything else was just like meh. And so the the thing is, is that it was kind of like the least exciting thousand yard season, even though it was actually historic. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's hard to know what to do with that. So it'll be interesting, but I agree with you. I'd rather have Pitts um, than Kelsey. I think that's probably going to be the normal take come, you know, half a year from now when everyone's talking about it. Because I think that, yeah, I mean, the age for Travis Kelsey is is rough. Um, although his usage is still high, he's still, you know, at the position, you know, a stud. But uh, it's it's hard. And I just think that more than anything, this reinforced, which I, I actually tweeted about this uh, going into week 17. I think it's only eight tight ends had over 130 fantasy points in half-point PPR leagues. And yet there were like 14 kickers. That did. Uh, you know, and, and by the way, they're predictive. People that say that kickers aren't predictive, they actually are. Um, and, and so it, it is it's fascinating to me that we have this whole ban kickers thing but not ban tight ends. Because frankly, I was that frustrated with tight ends this year where I was like, make them all flexes, I'm out. I don't want anything to do with them. And frankly, if you're in one of those leagues, I probably wouldn't want it. Yeah, let's not forget another tight end. Ban tight end. Let's not. Yeah, I mean, everybody wants to ban defenses, ban kickers, like Jake always says, and now ban tight end. <laughs> like, oh, we have anything? Why don't we just have a <laughs> running back and wide receiver league at this point? Um, That's right. <laughs> and all the saucy quarterbacks that we can fit yeah, in there. Dalton Schultz is going to be interesting to me. I want to see uh, what happens in this Dallas offense. Um, Going into next year, Schultz really came on strong. He's been solid all year long, but um, you know he's proven to be. I think he could be a top seven tight end going into next year. Also, yeah, I agree. So I just want to. It's six tight ends. Only six tight ends going into week seventeen had over one hundred and thirty fantasy points, uh, and ten kickers had it. Yeah, and uh, if you don't, the uh, Linda at uh, Lindy Lyons. Linda Lyons, L-I-N-D-E-L-L-I-O-N-S, actually analyzes kickers on Twitter, and no one else does. So if you're ever needing that, nice. call her. You know, this, this is kind of interesting. Like, if you have a crappy tight end, and pro- I mean, probably not, but remember how people sometimes are like, hey, I, I didn't pick up a kicker. I didn't start a kicker this week because, you know, I had too many buys, and I didn't want to drop someone that's, who might be valuable in a couple of weeks for my that's kicker. That's ridiculous. People have done it. Uh, it's happened. All right, you're right. So let's not talk no, about it. I mean, it's ridiculous. Happens. I mean, who? Uh, no, why do you uh, automatically right. take a zero? I don't get it. But go ahead. All I'm saying is maybe those people should consider, if they have a crappy tight end, leaving the tight end position blank instead. If you don't have one of the top my 10 strategy, or top My eight. strategy with kick, picking kickers always used to be warm weather and indoors. That, that would be my focus, okay? But now – these last couple of years, I've realized I just want kickers in high-powered offenses because everybody's just like, oh, then all you're going to do is get extra points. No, it doesn't work out that way. I like, And I learned, you know, I'm always learning still, you know, as many years as I've done this. My kicker this year was Zerloin and Suckup, like just in every league. It was the Dallas kicker, Tampa Bay kicker. And it's just so easy sure you're going to run into those weeks where you just get you know five points but it's five extra points but at least your team is always in the red zone always scoring sometimes the drive stalls out and you get your field goals but believe it or not these offenses you look up some Sundays and they get three field goals and four extra points and before you know it it's a 15 point day that's it I just don't want kickers on these teams that at the end of the day you look and it's uh they lost 
you know, 34 to 7 and you got one point. No, give me the kickers on big time teams, the Buckers with the Chiefs. This is why you get these guys. They're always going to be scoring, whether it's extra points or in field goal range. At least you know you're not getting shut out at the end of the day on crap offenses that don't cross midfield for, you know, four quarters. It's just get kickers on good offenses. Or like offenses where the number one kicker this year is Nick Folk for the Patriots. Functional, mm-hmm. always going for points. Bill Belichick always wants the points. Always wants the points, that guy, right? But they're always functional, right? And then my MVP kind of, not quite MVP because I had Burrow, but was Evan McPherson from the Cincinnati Bengals, who was number two yeah, this good. year in terms of average points per game. So, um, and and we saw it actually in the game, right? When they couldn't get it into the... <laughs> the end zone and then they were like well we got to do this uh you know field goal and they were had the what i think nine tries to do it it happens but at least they're in the zone where they can kick a field goal some of these teams are so bad they don't even get down the field yeah and that's why you don't get those kicks so it's yeah i i i agree with you i just think it's it's interesting that in a uh, a show about next year we talk about the whole first round and we just didn't even bring up a tight end yeah. and so i thought it was just worth like bringing up that like it's very different than next year and maybe that's going to make the tight end position more value based uh, as opposed to this where you had this year where you had to I, reach. I, so we're talking about that and and i'm just thinking in my head i don't think Based on what we're saying, I don't think in the top two rounds we're going to see a quarterback, and, and I don't think we're going to see a tight end. I think it's going to be another season of not another season because Kelsey was and Kelsey and Waller were both top twenty overall picks this past year, but I don't think you'll see either position there. I think the top twenty four overall picks this year, next year, will be all running backs and wide receivers, and rightfully so. I think that's the way that you know it's breaking down, but. Just just to get back to, you know, I know this is the first round breakdown for next year, and we pretty much went through our top 12. But just to talk about the turn here, Brandon, a couple names that are just on the outside for me that can easily be in my 9 to 12 range. I really struggled with the end of the first round. So, you know, just put these names right there. And you mentioned a couple of them, but Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, I completely don't expect to be back in Denver. Javante Williams could come off the board as high as like 6th, 7th, 8th overall next year. I think the hype on him, we see it every year. A player in August gets like really hyped up and gets moved up and up and up in, in the first round. I think that name will be Javante Williams. He's already gained so much steam this year. The fantasy community loves him. Loves and rightfully so. He could catch the ball out of the backfield. He's behind a good offensive line. If they ever did bring in Rodgers or Wilson to be quarterback there, oh my God, now we're talking, you know, maybe the first half of the first round. That's how high he can possibly go. Some people will really try to plant their flag next year and say, oh, I'm the high Javante Williams guy and take him in that five, six range. Mm-hmm. But Javante Williams, end of the first round, no problem with that. I haven't mentioned Alvin Kamara. I don't know what it is. I've never been a huge Kamara guy. That's probably on me. But I just think this offense and this team is going backwards. Uh, the quarterback position is is up in the air there. I think I could see Kamara fall into the end of the first round, early second round. Uh, I'll probably be off of him next year like I was this year. Um, it's just one of those players that, you know, isn't my guy. So we all have those people, those players that aren't just your guy. He won't be for me. 
And uh, and you mentioned DeAndre Swift, and I think uh, going into next year, I think he's somebody you got to consider right there at the end of the first, early second round uh, as well. And I think also I'm a big on not doing as much analysis as I probably should, but I, I really wait till after the draft because everything could change. But in my opinion, DeAndre Swift's one of the only people where I'm not afraid of the draft whatsoever. Where I'm like, there's no way they're going to go for a stud running back. That's the least oh, of the God, Detroit no. Lions problems. So I feel very confident in him. Whereas some of these dudes, once we get past this, it's really about next year. Like I know a lot of people are very high on Cam Akers coming back next year and just killing it, right? Okay, well, I, I'd love to see that. Um, but they they did okay without him. <laughs> <laughs> they, I, I don't, I don't know. I would need to see what they do, especially because they don't have a lot of high draft picks. They only have the low ones now because they're going all in. Good for them, but like, I don't know what they're going to do at that position and how they're going to move things around or what have you. So I don't know about the volume. Right? They're just some dudes that I don't feel great about. For me, the turn is Debo Samuel, Javante Williams, Joe Mixon, AJ Brown, and Devonte Adams. Yeah, AJ Brown are kind of my uh, next. So game. I mean, we talked about pretty much all those other guys. Debo, I, I wouldn't have that high i think he'll be a second rounder i just don't think he'll be that high uh, maybe i'm wrong on that one uh, but um i just think everything broke so perfectly for him this year running and receiving with the issues that they had in the backfield i don't think he'll be right there at the end of the first but you did bring up aj brown and he's going to be really interesting because he is another player that broke people's hearts this year me included, um, you know, he bombed here in week uh, 17, broke my heart in, in my championship lineup with only six points. But he got, but you he in, got me, but he, got he, but he put me in the position the week before, correct. But, you know, before that, he was nowhere to be found for the last two months, you know, and he was a complete bust of a pick. It just was a weird scenario where he came back in week 16, blew up, had a huge game, and now it's like it leaves us fantasy owners when we go into the draft next year. We're like, well, what do we – how do we view this guy? Is he the guy that's always hurt, has hamstring issues, misses time? Or is he that week 16 guy that is uncoverable, is a complete wide receiver one beast that can drop 10 for 150 and two touchdowns any week? Uh, do we fade him even more because a healthy Derrick Henry will be there and, and you know, there'll be a, a heavy run team again controlling the clock with Derrick Henry? Like, it's not like a wide open pass game, you know, in Tennessee. He's going to really be, I think, all over the board. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know if he'll be drafted in that second round next year, to be honest with you. I, it's, uh, I think people are going to look at the, the full picture and go for him. I think. But that's just my silly opinion. Well, and I did want to say one like stat thing about quarterbacks because, again, we, this is a first-round show. We got into the second, and no one's going to be taking him. And I'll tell you why. There were 10 quarterbacks that scored 20 or more fantasy points on average in four-point quarterback leads. You do not need to take them. This is the thing. There's just, there's not one that's really going to break it open for you because the best one was Josh Allen with 24.61. But 
uh, I mean, 10 others from 20 points and above, that's only a four-point difference. Uh, there, There's no reason for you to believe that your quarterback is going to set you enough apart, right? And one of the quarterbacks in there was hurt a lot, which was Kyler Murray, right? So uh, you didn't even get that boost because he wasn't even in for a ton of games. And now Lamar Jackson's also in that group. He's also not in a ton of games. I, I think that it it just doesn't make any sense like in terms of strategy to take a quarterback early period, end stop. I beg every year people not to do it. Wait it, you know, I told everyone, wait for those Joe Burrow, that area there, right? Uh, it really makes a lot of sense, you guys, to wait, wait, wait. Um, and and I, I just think this year really drove that home. I, I'm always going to be, you know, I'll, I'll always push back on that, Brandon. I'm a, I'm a QB snob. Uh, I, I know how important the quarterback, <laughs> um, um, you know, I've in six point passing let me always distinguish this because earlier in playing fantasy football i would always make this argument and then not well, re- hurry up because we got to wrap I, this well, up not realizing that you know most people are playing four point passing leagues and my strategy would change there but in six point passing leagues and, and we just came off of a year seeing how important the fantasy quarterback was you know the the brady's of the world and the josh allens and stuff like that you really couldn't go wait on quarterback, pick a couple off the, you know, the after the 15th round and be really successful this year. I, I just always think that the the fantasy quarterback, the guys that can constantly give you 30 plus points every week are just so valuable to the fantasy team. And it saves you so much money and decision making uh, in fab. And every week with the decisions you have to make between a couple quarterbacks, I will say Kirk Cousins was, you know, an exception to the rule this year as a guy you got late that helped you out a lot, but he had some weeks where he bombed as well. But I always like the security blanket of having the, the big time fantasy quarterback. But see, I like the I like the fantasy quarterback of you could have gotten Burrow late. Remember, like Trey Lance and Justin Fields are going before Burrow. Sure, there. Uh, you know, I mean, there were a lot Burrow of picks was the like answer. that. Where it was Burrow like, was the answer, Brandon. But in the, I mean, I don't. This is this is a discussion. Hurts, Jalen Hurts was the answer. Yeah, but these I mean, guys frankly, were, Justin Herbert even was going lower than he should have well, been going. Yeah, but you just, I mean, Herbert was the seventh quarterback off the board in high stakes this past year. He was going in like the seventies and eighties. Right. So that's not like late i'm you know the conversation is different here i'm talking like yeah, no, guys I, that I don't like yeah i'm not talking wait till the yeah. end i agree i think the streaming quarterback thing yeah, is, same. is rough but i don't think you need to take it in the first few right rounds. i just wanted to clarify because burrow yeah. and hertz were both top uh 12 quarterbacks also in nffc and ffpc they were high stakes they, they were the 10th and 11th quarterback i think off the board so they were qb ones i'm my conversation is the, the the crowd of people that say quarterback isn't important. Just wait till the end. Draft the 18th quarterback off the board in the in the last round, and you'll be fine. And like, no, it, it doesn't work that way. It's not that easy. You know, it's you need a, a, a big time quarterback that can you know slot into your uh, lineup every week. In my opinion. Well, we yeah, gotta- no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I don't want you to wait till the mm-hmm. 15th round, people. Please do not wait till the 15th round. We got to save this for next year preseason or whenever we come back. Sure. If we come back, Chris Vaccaro playing hardball, doesn't want to come back to the show, doesn't want to write there anymore. Just wants to sit on his pile of ninth place cash and <sighs> make fun of me and ignore my texts. Yes. Sounds good, Nanda. Whatever you Friendship. say. Friendship. All right. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, thank you all for listening, friends and others uh we hope you enjoyed the show uh we enjoyed doing it i think 
At least one of us did. I Brandon, I, Brandon, I enjoyed doing the show with you all year long. I just want to tell Aww, you that. Oh, you guys are great. <laughs> yeah, this has been really fun. It's been really nice to get my, my feet back into it, and it's been great to be with you guys. So. Yeah. Having me. It was awesome. We're coming for you. You guys are so smart. FSWA, I think. I don't know if we actually applied. Great job, Nanda. But we'll see. I, well, I'm not. Hey, talk to DVR. Who's producing this show? Wow. <laughs> throwing DVR okay. under the bus. I'm not throwing him under the bus. I said talk to him. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we love you all. Thank you. Uh, good luck. I don't know if you're, if you're going to bet or play week 18 or just kind of hang out and watch the games and enjoy it all. But, uh, you know, maybe some boxes for the Super Bowl. Good luck in those. Um, and we hope to see you again soon. But for now, thank you all. We're out of here. <laughs>